1: Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host Harrison Starr. Along with me, Max Brecky, aka at Gospel of Max on Twitter. Max, how are you? I'm vibing. Yeah, vibing, vibing. What? Just vibing. I'm just vibing. Okay. And Ben, how about yourself?
0: Is vibing different than vibing?
1: Yeah, it's it's all about vibing these days.
2: Everybody's vibing. That's all that's what all the cool kids are doing. They're just vibing.
0: Can you do a nuanced breakdown of vibing versus vibing?
2: It's you're just vibing, man. Like you just know if you're vibing, you're vibing.
0: I don't think I'm vibing.
2: Uh probably not. If you have to ask, you can't afford it,
1: right? Fuck <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> swear jar. Uh, whatever. Swear jar already coming off the top in. rope. It is uh a minute into this podcast, and Did we somehow get already at? off the rails. Oh no! Uh, Not by me. Not by me. If my, parents,
0: if my parents knew what this was, they'd yell at us, but they don't. So they had to get their neighbor to show them how to use the search function on their remote for Netflix yesterday. What a world! Are
1: you gonna get them a, a voice controlled one for? Uh, Oh,
0: oh, it is voice-controlled, my man. (laughs) 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 Their remote couldn't be more... There is a Netflix button on their remote. And they couldn't figure out how to get to... uh, Their remote's voice-controlled. Once you get to Netflix, it's not voice-controlled. But they couldn't figure out how to get to the actual search bar in Netflix. Because because a magnifying glass, Chiron, (laughs) doesn't just scream search. Um, in the user interface of Netflix. So they had to knock on my neighbor. They literally called me and asked me how to do it. And I said, I can't walk you through this. Because um, I'm in a movie. <laughs> so they had to go knock, shamelessly knock on their across the hall neighbor's door so they could watch The Crown.
1: That's embarrassing.
0: Yep. That's embarrassing for your family. Yep. And it's not the first time this has happened either. The same neighbor? Uh, well, no, but there's no, there's been times where like they've called me and asked how to search on Netflix and I I've been able to walk them through it. Um, and other times like my sister has been in the neighborhood and has stopped over on how to show them how to use technology. Um, my parents still don't know how to like copy and paste a link and send it in an email. They, when my dad, when my dad sends me like an interesting article, um, he will either if it's in the actual newspaper, he'll just send me pictures of the print. Or he will he will take screenshots on his desktop and send those to me as like PDF files.
2: Um how old are they?
0: They are not that old. My dad must be <laughs> my mom sixty three, so my dad's sixty six.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Just um yeah.
1: All about that analog life, I guess.
0: I know they should really have flip phones, but I don't understand it. I just think
2: that's so funny because, like, my yesterday I tried to log on to Netflix for the first time in a month and I couldn't get on because there were too many people using it. I texted my dad, I was like, Are you using Netflix? He goes, Yeah, I'm watching it downstairs and your mom's watching it upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Great, great. I'm so I wish they didn't know how to use Netflix because then I could watch it.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess transition from uh, a couple of parents who don't know how to uh, program a television to a coach that doesn't know how to program an offense, Bazinga. Um, no, Iowa won 19-10, uh, and very exciting. It really is. Like, I mean, 8-3 and three is an exciting place to be going it, in. Oh, okay. I mean, here's the thing. it is, so I no,
2: I'm just being a dick. I'm sorry.
1: No, 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 no. Because, like, let's get into this now because I think it's interesting. I just decided to. Because the Minnesota game, I, a lot was going on. I just didn't enjoy it. And I thought to myself, why not find a way to enjoy this Illinois game? So I enjoyed this Illinois game through the prism of Iowa's defense. And I truly think that they are. Totally underrated in the pantheon of Iowa defenses. Yes. Yeah. We did this earlier, and they have held Rutgers, Iowa State, Middle Tennessee, Michigan, Penn State, Northwestern Minnesota, and Illinois to their lowest point totals of the season so far, which is mind boggling to me. It and doesn't then, sound bad. And the discussion's been uh, there's not a whole lot of star power. Uh, they're just kind of getting it done. But I mean, just the The way that they've done it, they've given up dumb touchdowns at times, but they've really just had that single mistake in games. And to me, that is just what is incredible to watch. Even when they are kind of giving up all these weird quarterback runs, to me, I just tried to find a way to enjoy the game on Saturday, and I did. I did enjoy that game.
0: (laughs) No, Go ahead. I'm curious. Was there ever a moment where you... Was Iowa's victory ever in doubt? At nope. any
1: point? I don't think so. Really?
2: No. Lovey Smith can't coach an offense either. So
1: Yeah. I mean, there's that. Um, but even like they... Iowa, just over the years, are, is so often in this position where they put it on the defense once again to get a stop, and immediately they did. Like, Right after that, uh, they kicked it up 16-10. I believe it was Christian Welch forced to fumble almost immediately. And it wasn't like a five alarm fire, but it's certainly not a position that you want your defense to be in. And they just come through. Iowa's defenses come through so often. And to me, it's remarkable the way that Iowa leans on it. And like I know I had higher expectations going into... Uh, the season and really just it, it is a little upsetting. I think we'll look back on this three year period and be like, wow, how did something else not happen? But I I just wanted to find a way to enjoy the game and I found it. So to me it was like a little moral victory in that respect, which hey maybe I'm all by myself on that island, but it's not like you, you see Tom Herman headbutting a guy and like Iowa just doesn't have that riff-raff in their program. So I'd just rather see them do better than do worse. Like, and I don't know. I want f- want Brian and Kirk to figure out the offense. I do. But until then, let's enjoy the defense.
2: Yeah, I just to kind of get back to where you initially started with that, I don't understand this whole This defense doesn't have star players on a thing. Like, AJ Epinesa is a star. Gino Stone is pretty much where Imani Hooker was last year without, like, the counting stats. But, like, he's as solid as anybody on this defense. He comes up out of nowhere to make these great tackles from the safety position. You know, he's doesn't, you don't, like, catch him making mistakes very often. You don't, like, look at a, back at a play and be like, ah, he was super out of position. It doesn't usually happen. He's as solid as they come. And I think that he's not getting that kind of recognition. But, like, just because Iowa doesn't have a cornerback this year that, you know, has one million interceptions, people are like, this defense doesn't have any star power. They don't have a Josie Jewel in the middle where they could say, this guy was a two-star linebacker. Now he's all Big Ten. Like Christian Welch is. I mean, I would not want to call him a star, but like, he's pretty good. Like, I'd say above average, pretty good. Like this, he's the heart and soul of the defense, probably right. Because when he was gone, they did not look nearly mm-hmm. as good. Like, I don't know, I think people are just trying to use counting stats that aren't existing. Like AJ hasn't had a ton of counting stats but he's getting double teamed all the time. You know, they don't have those counting stats, but they're like you look at what they put up each and every weekend or what they allow each and every weekend, they're elite. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, I wish there was some more revision I uh, after watching well, the past two games, I wish there is uh I'm thinking about what could have happened if he was around for the Wisconsin game. Um, I mean, also. Jonathan uh,
2: Taylor would have only run for 200.
0: I know. Uh, <laughs> he would have stopped 25 yards. Uh, I think Jimon Colbert too. Next year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how I think he'll be a leader of the of the linebacking group. He's playing really, really well. Uh, I want to ask you guys. We, I know we did this beginning of the year. and We've talked about this a lot of times. Do you remember uh, what our metric is for generally Iowa needs to have X amount of sacks to uh, for their defense to really play, play really well? Do you remember what that number was that we arrived at?
2: Oh, I don't remember.
1: It I, at think all. 30, right? I think it's 30, right? That's the number. Kind of the 30, number that... yeah,
0: that's correct. You know how many sacks Iowa has right now?
1: Like 18? No. I don't know. <laughs> I just looked it up, so I'll let you have it. Oh, okay.
0: you do know this. It's 27. And so we have a really good. I mean, we'll probably surpass the number, including, definitely including the bowl game. Um, asking for three sacks is a lot, um, against any opponent, but I think we'll We um, it's not out of the, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility we get there. And so that's been really nice to see the, oh my goodness, the safety blitz on Saturday, uh, was a thing of absolute Oof. beauty. To perfection. That was, that was awesome. And I mean, that proves that Geno Stone, um, Probably won't be here next year. Uh, I think. He's- oh,
2: that's a hot take.
0: Is it really? Uh, I don't I think, so. think. I don't think I've seen him miss a single tackle all season. No, all season long, and he makes either. like he come. He had a tackle against um, Minnesota where he just shot out of the defensive back backfield like a yeah, fan. and like he on that little. He screen, plays right? like yeah, he plays like a linebacker. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the whole cliche about safety playing linebacker, like Troy Polamalu or somebody. Uh, and I predicted at the beginning of the year that the heart and soul of Iowa's defense is Geno Stone and not A.J. Epinesa. And I, I don't know if that's true necessarily, but I think <clears> – <throat> um, I don't know. I don't really see a lot of player people comment on how this defense is a lack of playmakers. It's just really frustrating that – you know there aren't the playmakers on offense that can complement the playmakers on the defense, whether it's between a talent thing or a scheme thing. Um, once again, you know we are relying on a defense against a team that our offense definitely should have put away. There's something super special about against uh, nothing super special about Illinois' defensive unit. Um, and Iowa, obviously, you know has the talent on offense with the mismatches, even without Brandon Smith. Um, we should have scored at least twice more um, because of, you know, some mispasses maybe um, and just the <laughs> complete and total inability to run the freaking football. Uh, yeah. It's really tough for as good as we see this defense <clears throat> play, the offense has an answer and not, not the good kind.
1: Yeah. I, I was looking at a statistic earlier today. I think it was S and P plus and nine of the 10 defenses are in the top 11 uh, of S and P plus the tenth, which is actually the eighth, is Iowa, who's down like at 18, I think, and they have the 63rd defense, the six number 63 offense, and it's just that's
0: higher than I was higher I got,
1: than I thought it would be. I thought I, I
0: would be in the 80s for sure or 75.
1: Yeah. So I think part of it is that Iowa is playing some pretty good defenses, but like. You said, Ben, and I think we go to Nate Stanley. You can criticize the play without criticizing the guy making the play. And I think that's lost kind of in this Twitter universe now. Everyone's just like, oh, angry, and they're playing to the loudest people. But anyways, there were some huge throws that Stanley missed. The interception he had was a horrible throw.
0: It was so bad. It was so bad.
1: It was
0: in the end zone, right?
1: Yeah, and then he had another oh. one that I think was another seam pass that totally
0: overthrew. Was either Byer or
2: Weed. Yeah, the, the very like one. next throw wasn't it? It was like I think it was
0: that same drive, or I mean the following drive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was yeah. the exact
0: same route. It looked like though.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like there. <clears throat> it was cool to see him throw the ball down the field. Like that was awesome to have big plays left and right. It felt like, but those big plays become just such empty calories when you can't dink and dunk to some respect. And he had some really good plays, but just some mind-blowing bad plays. And like, I just think that that's what his career is distilled as, is he was someone who was able to do really well against largely pretty mediocre competition, doesn't have a huge win to his name, but he's got... I guess, three ranked wins. Ohio State, Minnesota, Mississippi State. And he's got the trophies, but he doesn't have any rings, and ultimately that's kind of what matters, to be remembered. I compared him to to. I want to make sure I get the Matt correct. I think it was Matt Sherman who just, like, racked up stats in the mid-90s. Finished second and third, but Like, is anyone bouncing their grandchildren on their knees talking about Matt Sherman or those years? I don't really think so. And I think that's kind of going to be how Nate Stanley is remembered, especially because he's playing football in a time where the quarterback is king and there are just going to be a ton of passing yards. There are going to be a ton of passing touchdowns. So to be the quarterback is kind of a function of being in this environment, I think, um, and posting these stats. But, I like him. I think he could have won more big games, but I don't think he was the reason Iowa lost any dumb games against bad opponents.
2: Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. He doesn't really have any bad losses to his name. But, he I mean, he doesn't have that big clutch, I put the team on my shoulders victory to his name either. Like, I, completely, I get where you're, where you're coming from, like, Uh, None of those ranked wins that you mentioned are on the road. I guess technically that bowl game is a neutral site and probably more so enemy territory than anything. But, um, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, he doesn't have those big ranked wins. Like, he didn't beat Michigan on the road. He didn't beat Penn State on the road. Um I mean, obviously, beating Iowa State this year on the road was a pretty solid feat since I guess that they're ranked, even though they have like 25 losses.
0: You'll um, <laughs> always go down as an Iowa State Slayer.
2: Yeah, an Iowa State Slayer, Nebraska, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. But uh,
0: Nebraska will wait and see. We got one more. He's yeah, there, that's fair. He's their buddy, but no big. Big 10, no big conference he, road wins.
2: He didn't beat he, Wisconsin. I think that that's probably the biggest <clears throat> black mark. That's that, sad
0: too, yeah, because he's from Wisconsin. I have
2: right now is that he's the Wisconsin kid who couldn't beat Wisconsin. And it, I guess that this one was pretty close in the end. He just got stonewalled at the goal line going for that two-point conversion. But, you know, that first game was maybe the worst game I've ever seen from a quarterback perspective, except for Nate, when Nate Peterman threw four interceptions in a game.
0: Peter man
2: the peter man <laughs> but yeah no i get where you're coming from though like he did he beat everybody he should have beat pretty much right i can't think of and i'm sure there is one but i can't think of any losses for, that are like completely mind numbing and head scratching from a i can't believe we lost to that team standpoint
1: well and i think the the view i'm putting that through is from Nate Stanley. I guess I'm looking at his kind of game log now. The two maybe that stick out are 2017 against Northwestern and Michigan State, um, and then even kind of 2018 Northwestern. But that one comes
0: to mind is Brian
1: and Kirk as much as anyone.
0: The one that Uh, comes to mind is 2018
1: Wisconsin. Yeah, but I don't even know if that one's his fault.
2: Like, looking back on it – Brian put the team just had also oh, tomorrow twenty
0: eighteen Penn State.
1: Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, but that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not a bad loss per se. Like that wasn't a game that I every loss
0: is bad. Well, yeah, but okay. I'm like talking right, about yeah. like
2: I'm talking about like <laughs> they didn't lose to like four and eight Nebraska or they didn't lose to North Texas. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Well, Nebraska's is not four and eight, so
1: they would be. Oh, <laughs> I
0: mean,
2: exactly. They won. They would be six and six. Okay. Well, are we gonna? Okay, I I got it. We he technically he did lose to North Dakota State. <laughs> he did play a whole drive.
1: He was the best player on that on the field during that drive too. Yeah. God. Oh boy. Oh boy. But anyway, yeah. like I mean, I don't know, and it's I think the thing that's most frustrating ultimately is everyone likes Nate Stanley. Everyone wants him to be good. It seems like he has the weapons to be good. To me, the guy who's like come alive the last couple of games is Sam Laporta. I mean, yeah. wow, that kid. Um,
2: Amazing what happens when you remember you have tight ends. Even, like, Bayer had a big catch
1: <laughs> too, right? Yeah, Bayer had one. Like, I think all three of them uh, accumulated 100 yards total.
2: Yeah, hey, that's how you use the weapon. When you play, go up against the cover two Lovey Smith team, you just got to run a seam route every single play. Hope you hit and he should have hit a few more, but yeah, yeah. You We're know, not talk about that.
1: But but the, the the other thing too is just the playmakers. Like to me, it's uh, Thad, new new uh, contributor to the site who puts together the um,
2: the yeah every game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think he said this was the the highest percentage that Iowa has thrown twenty plus yards. Uh, down the field uh, in a game since he had tracked. and
2: Did he get back Indiana last year? Indiana last year, I swear, every pass was about 30 yards downfield.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I guess let's see if I can get to his...
2: I don't know. I'm just thinking. of. I'm just thinking. Go ahead and talk what you're talking. It doesn't matter.
1: But I guess, ultimately, <laughs> it's just exciting to see, like... And this gets back to, like, the beginning of it. Is, like, he can make these throws... It's excited to see Iowa one having the protection to make them and two them connecting with some you know consistency. it's just just the misses are so bad. that's always yeah. what that's always just is the frustrating thing but uh, I guess another positive is uh, we have Keith Duncan as a Lou Grosa finalist is the, uh, good for him, but also. <laughs>
2: It's just that we can't, just the complete inability to put the ball in the end zone. So, like, I'm happy for him. Like, he's had a really good season, but also it's just infuriating because you think about it, and it's just like, oh, cool. Why, why is he doing so well? Oh, yeah, because we can't score touchdowns.
1: But I'm gonna pull this stat quickly, hopefully. And I think the thing that's actually most interesting is it's not like he's hitting a bunch of. Um, a bunch of uh, 20 to 30 yarders. Like oh, yeah, might they're expect. all like
2: 40.
1: They're all like in that 35 to 45 yard range, and it's remarkable. It really is remarkable that he's got the percentage that he does. I almost wonder if, like, we saw Kirk Ferentz in past seasons when he didn't necessarily trust his kicker he would be more willing to go for it on fourth down. And I think in some way, this this team almost plays to the most frustrating instincts of Kirk Ferentz, which is settle for the field goal. It's not throw the ball, not turn it over. Like they have kind of all these pieces in place and, and I've, I was kind of thinking about it. And the bill of ladings they sold about this team going into the beginning of the season was complimentary football. And this offense is the only way to compliment it is to say it is complimentary football because it's. You it's kinda, bias again? Do you know what it needs to do? Like in aggregate, right? Or am I or am I being too like? Am I being too gracious in this analysis? I all? think
0: you're being a little complacent. It's not the right word, but. Uh, and uh, what's the opposite of ambitious?
1: A little kind. Like I'm just I'm yeah. looking for the positives. Yeah, I'm trying to give I thanks. I think
2: Harrison's it's really shook that we got yelled at in the comments last week for being too negative, and now he's <laughs> trying way too hard to find the positives and everything.
0: I think th- it was good. Uh, I wrote the morning after for Sunday, and um, in my brief p- graph about Stanley, uh, you had I mentioned how. his tenure at Iowa will be plagued by the fact that Iowa never had a truly elite running game. And somebody in the comments told me I was being overly generous where Iowa hasn't even had a decent running game (laughs) or or, or a mediocre running game. I think we're 13th in the big 10 right now in rushing. Uh, And I think that uh, tells a story as much as anything else of the Nate Stanley era at Iowa.
2: I don't oh, almost just dropped my computer. I don't know. Um <laughs> I was going to say uh I, and I think that this is a very Iowa centric lens that we're looking through with Nate Stanley like I have a coworker who thinks Nate Stanley is going to be like a third round second round pick and he's he's a Minnesota fan. He's just been like doing nothing but heaping praise on Stanley all season. And it's very very weird. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just cuz we watch all the games and, you know, we see all the overthrows and the puzzling backpedaling when he feels pressure. But I don't know, maybe it's uh maybe we're just too hard on him.
1: We, I, I think that, that that's just a thing of Nate Stanley's. He is a Rorschach test. You're going you, yeah. you to see of him. Yeah. see of him. Yeah. Because I was looking through kind of the, where does he stack up? in relation to the national landscape. And really it's not like he's super high. He's like in the 20 to 40 range, sometimes a little higher, sometimes a little lower in each of um, kind of the main stats, Um, like – Total yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, interceptions. I think he was actually his first year interceptions was pretty incredible. But
0: twenty six to six. Yeah. Twice 20, yeah, twenty six to six sounds right.
1: But it's just like ultimately it's just eh, like if if you're happy with seven to five to eight and four, getting to a bowl game in a warm weather location and winning, he's one of two there. So uh joke. New York is cold. Um, I, I I like that's why I kind of if you have to put a superlative on him he is the ultimate Kirk Ferentz quarterback. I don't know.
0: Who I, I don't know. I don't think well, there is I don't think there is an ultimate Kirk Ferentz quarterback.
2: It was uh Oh no. It was uh it was uh, Vandenberg.
1: And with that, (laughs) we shall talk about. Oh my gosh! Literally
2: anything else?
1: No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, We'll go ahead and throw this to a break and talk briefly about Iowa basketball right after this. And we are back. Iowa basketball won a couple games in a row, uh, but they lost Jack Nungy to an injury, which my wife, Christina, called immediately as it happened as an ACL injury. And um, they're all of a sudden pretty thin uh, depth-wise, especially considering the... The number of players Fran typically likes to use. Uh, where where does that leave you guys with the basketball team? Ben, I'll go ahead and start with you.
0: Yeah, someone who's watched 10 whole minutes of Iowa basketball this year, <clears throat> I'm actually uh, – I mean, obviously I'm not glad, but I think there's a little bit of addition with subtraction here with the injury um, just because I was really afraid – that uh, Iowa was going to go 12 deep as he does, as Fran has gone in the past. And I think that's always to the detriment of a basketball team. And I think hopefully maybe it'll force him to play Joe Toussaint a little bit more somehow Um, because I think JT and the highlights I watched of the Cal Poly game, it was absolutely Iowa's most electric and most fun player to watch. And I, I mean, I understand why he has not starting yet, but I also don't. Um, I think we need to get him on the court as many times as possible because he just makes things happen. Um, obviously, you know, one, I think he shot one for seven uh, yesterday, but he still had seven rebounds and three assists, I think, or four. And uh, I mean, obviously they play, I mean, Jack Nunji was a 6'11 forward and Joe Toussaint's a generous, gen- generously listed at five nine. I think.
1: Um, no, he's he's he he six be on the website, him, but he's listed as six feet. Yeah, is he? Yeah. Okay. He plays bigger than he is.
0: Yeah, but I think he's. I think he's smaller than um, I even thought. Anyway, you think
1: he's
2: he uh, five two?
0: I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, where is I going with this? Hmm. Uh, it might be attraction. Uh, addition by subtraction. So now we're gonna get uh, more than likely Cordell Pemsler, or Ryan Kreiner. And Kreiner at times has been I was he was I was best player during the freaking Depaul debacle. Uh, so I'm happy to see either of them get some more playing in time. Even I think you you said so yourself, Harrison. You think Nungi, um maybe shouldn't necessarily be the starter uh, quite yet. Uh, you wanted to see more of Pemsler or Kreiner. And so now I think we are and. Uh, you know, I think tightening up the lineups is always a good thing for Fran and I'm just waiting to see how this team does on Thursday against Texas Tech.
2: Yeah, I mean or Max? Yeah, I mean uh we've still got nine guys, I guess, right? I mean probably about nine guys that are healthy at the moment. If we if they've get any other injuries, it's probably it's probably gonna be really tough. But right now they've Got nine ish. I guess Bohannon's still kind yeah, of. Yeah,
1: he's that ninth.
2: Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Iowa basketball. I swore it off after watching some of the ball game. And um, I will, I'll, I'll maybe make a return at some point. I just. It's. I don't know. It's going to be. I think that this season's already kind of going to be bleak. I think this is a rebuilding year. Which sucks because you know you have like a senior Bohan and you have a senior, I guess this transfer Bakari Evelyn, I guess Ryan is a senior, mm-hmm. so you know it's you've got some really good senior players, but it just kind of re- seems like a retooling year, in all honesty, uh, and it kind of felt like that from the jump, and then after seeing what happened in DePaul and now with the Nunji injury, I don't, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding, I think this team, but I do kind of agree with Ben in the way that it's addition by subtraction just because you won't be getting these players who are going cold on the bench, and, you know, they can stay in a rhythm to some extent, even when they get on the bench, because I know they're not going to be sitting there for however long, right?
1: Yeah, especially because, like, the more I've been kind of tracking the... Rotations, the more I've really just kind of been not necessarily jarred, but just surprised by how long Fran will go with his starters uh, to start each half. And typically, unless one of them gets two fouls early, he'll play all five starters the first 10 to 12 minutes combined in each half. So, like five or six, and five or six. And. Once you take that out, then you're really you have twenty eight to thirty minutes to spread over seven guys if you're running as deep as Fran has run in the past. And that's just that's so cumbersome. It's gotta be and, hard
2: to stay locked in.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like and I think what happened on Sunday last night with Frederick is hey, there was Bohannon was sitting, Pat was sitting, and there wasn't really necessarily anyone to come in for him and so Fran didn't feel obligated to play someone while CJ Frederick was just going off so you'll be able to see him ride guys a little more I think almost if they're doing super well um, instead of having to feel obligated to play like oh well Evelyn he's practicing well got to get him in got to get Joe Tucson in, got to make sure we get Wieskamp back in. I, I think it makes it easier from a puzzle piece perspective. Now, the problem is, Iowa really doesn't have many more injuries to give. The margin for error is super low, to your point, Max. I think your take on this team is probably one that a lot of fans have, just because they played a sort of real team. They had the problems they always have against sort of real teams. They don't look athletic enough. They give up the three, yada, yada, yada. And I think this Texas Tech game is going to be a huge test because they have guys who are athletic and can hit threes. And there's they're in the fucking national championship game. And I apologize for swearing I normally don't. But Mm. I think think it bears emphasis because – this team is really good, and they know what it takes to be really good. How Iowa plays against a team like that, to me, is going to define a lot. Now, if they end up playing Creighton in either the championship or Constellation side, I mean, you might want to record that one because both teams play no defense, great offenses, could be crazy. I'll watch that game. But, but this Texas Tech team, they're, they know what it takes, and yeah. they're going to play their tails off and Iowa is going to have to fight for baskets. And um, I think you'll see kind of the mental makeup of this team through that game. And, you know, I, I honestly don't think Fran McCaffrey can afford that many rebuilding seasons. I just don't think that you can, it's basketball. There are five teams on five players on the court If uh, there's just only so much rope is what it ultimately comes down to. So for a, if they were to play like, like they did in 2018, to me, that would just spell doom. I I think you might see Iowa basketball get to the levels that we saw with Licklider. I
2: don't know about that.
1: uh, There is just such an apathy I sense around this program. And I think it's kind of demonstrated in, this discussion right here about this team. And to me, that's the worst thing that can happen is apathy.
2: That's fair. Yeah. I'm pretty apathetic right now. Honestly, we'll know, I think who this team is by the end of Thanksgiving break. Yeah, that's fair. Like this, that that's who the team will be. Like, okay. I'll give them until December 3rd. Cause I play Syracuse at Syracuse, but you know, then we get into the Big Ten slate and you got a couple of random, you got Iowa State and Cincinnati, and oh, look at Kennesaw State and at the end of December. <laughs> but like, you know, it will we'll know who this team is by December 3rd. December 3rd is going to, I mean, at least I think, uh, you know, barring uh, some sort of other injury where then we're forcing uh, Aiden Vanderloo into action.
1: Oh yeah, if we have to burn that red shirt, we're in trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you know, like if there's any more injuries, we're gonna have to probably. It's gonna probably be Riley Till. Let's. I'm not yeah, I mean, he, he played on Sunday yeah, and he, he was pretty it. good. Yeah, he. I've heard and I because I didn't watch it. I heard he played pretty well. Um, but I'm not. And I'm not saying that he's a bad basketball player. I'm just saying that you know he's not quite Nicholas Bear in terms of walk ons at Iowa. You know, it's that, that. That's the I guess the nice way to put it. I'm not trying to be mean. I think he's. I'm sure he's a very nice kid. I'm sure. you I've seen him play some fun basketball. I enjoy you're watching to him. Like play after
1: well. you, if you, uh, if you're too mean, huh? About Riley Till? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, he's. I've, I enjoy watching him play when he's done stuff like dunked on people. Like that's fun. I enjoy that. But I also don't know how sustainable him playing for the rest of the season is if Iowa were to like say lose Creener or you know uh, Pemzel in the next game.
1: yeah. I mean, Pemzel—that's that, fair. That's that's a fair concern just because of his injury history. He's
2: a good spark plug. I'll say that. Like, he's a good like he's a good energy guy. He'll come in. He'll give you energy off the bench. I just don't know about extended minutes like that.
1: Yep. Ben, any, any uh, final thoughts as we transition towards uh, the Nebraska game?
0: No, uh, I'm just sad because Texas Tech was my team last year. Uh, I cheered on them hard, and now uh, and I think Tvide Moretti, is one of the more fun basketball players I remember watching. Now I'm going to have to cheer against him, against my Hawkeyes.
1: Oh, no, I forgot about him. He's going to pew, pew, pew. I, oh. was,
0: yeah, I was at the championship game. Texas you Network. were? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. It's on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I was just pulling up. I think there, if I remember correctly, Moretti's the only starter, guy who started, I think, uh, Shannon Jr., I think, started last year too, Terrence Shannon. Uh, nope, because he's a freshman. So I don't know recognizing these names besides Moretti, uh, but he's good.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of overhaul in uh, in Lubbock, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think their leading scorer is a transfer from Stephen F. Austin, uh, Tyler Holyfield. TJ Holyfield, rather. But what are you going to do? Plug and play when you're Chris Beard.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, it is hate week number four, right?
0: (laughs) This is our fourth Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Nebraska thinks we don't respect them, and we don't. Have you seen those videos? I don't, videos think, that, yeah, I the don't former think the fans do. The, fans do. <laughs> the,
2: the, the former football players have no respect for the state of Nebraska.
1: Oh yeah, I did. Did you, the the Kittle? The ah, <laughs> second time we brought up George Kittle, didn't he say something just like totally rude?
2: Yeah, he because uh, Greenway said uh, that if Iowa wins, then we get the state of Nebraska, and Kittle went on SVP and said. Even if we win, I don't want it. Something along I'm those sure lines. You're right.
1: make... Oh, boy. That just warms my heart. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, are, are we feeling overconfident about Nebraska? 100%. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not a good team, but the problem is that and I know Iowa's defense is we've talked at ad nauseum today about how good Iowa's defense has been all season. Yep. Um Nebraska poses some issues that Iowa hasn't seen.
0: If Brandon Peters gashed the Iowa defense for eighty yards rushing on Saturday, what's Taylor yeah, Adrian Martinez gonna do?
1: Taylor Iowa Martinez, was, is that I what you were know, right? going to say? I was about to Iowa wasn't planning for it. That's what I say. To I him. know,
0: I there I do agree with that.
1: At least,
2: think, at least, oh, now I'm doing it. At least Adrian Martinez can't throw a football.
0: <laughs> Neither could Taylor Martinez. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is fair. It's the same um, guy, essentially. Well, yeah, except, wasn't Adrian Martinez, like, considered a super high recruit? I he would assume that to Taylor Heisman. Martinez was too, so. He was going to win the Heisman this year, man. Though, hey, hey, I have a screenshot of those Heisman odds and it warms my heart every time I look at them because
2: waiting for the right moment to unleash them.
1: They were ridiculous. No, I think that I'm not overly scared by Nebraska because I, it feels like Phil Parker does have it down to how do you protect against running quarterbacks now when a running quarterback comes a little bit out of nowhere that's where it happens that's where it gets you but i i don't sense that we're gonna see a lot of super man-to-man coverage where iowa can get jumbled on the defense and there's no one to tackle martinez he breaks pocket um i think he's gonna Force him to make pocket throws into tight windows, and I think Iowa can do a pretty good job of defending him. My yeah. Opinion,
2: guess. No, and they showed that they could last year, right? Until late when all of a sudden Nebraska showed up. But um, no, and they did a good job against him last year. They did a good job against him with, I think, I'd I'd probably say what better weapons? Is that fair to say? Offensive line is probably worse, but.
0: I don't know if Nebraska's got better receiving weapons.
2: I about last year? Oh. I think they had. Oh, yeah, that's a
1: good point. Year.
2: But um, I think that they did a pretty good job against them last year. Uh, and it's really with me, it's my only concern, is, is the offense. Because we're not going to completely shut them down, probably, I think. They put up 600 yards against Wisconsin. Uh, so I how think many they, did, points?
1: they didn't score many points that game, did they? Uh,
2: I think like twenty something. Oh yeah. yeah. So not a not a ton, but you know they did score against Wisconsin. They scored the same amount of points Iowa scored. I think. Uh, my mm. only concern is going to be can Iowa take advantage of this absolutely lackluster defense for the for the black shirts? And that's really all I think it comes down to for me is I think Iowa is going to be able to shut them down enough is it it's but it's a matter of will the Iowa offense please stand up
1: I think that's a good point and and I think that the probably the most likely scenario is like a a 7 to 10 point Iowa win and if Iowa has some type of turnover or Nebraska has a bad turnover then it can swing it you know into the danger zone or make it super comfortable and i think that when we look to last year i still think that maybe i'm judging what i wanted i would do last year and trying to impart it on this team but i i just have a feeling that maybe they can kind of run it on nebraska i just have a feeling and
2: You could do whatever you want against that defense. Yeah, I think so
1: too. And, like, I I just, if I was able to do that, then I think we see some weird feeling game where it feels like it's a lot bigger of a gap because I was just totally controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the field. They make an effort to really get on top of Nebraska and force them to play from behind. Obviously, they can score in bunches like last year, but... Still, they, they might be the type of team that just kind of gives up, you know, as past Nebraska teams have done, which is why Iowa fans don't respect them, which is why we think it's going to be easy. Um, but it won't be easy. I I think it's going to be kind of a, a knockdown, knock dragout type of game. Um, and I think Iowa is more prepared for that kind of game, uh, especially if they have a turnover when they – at a precarious time, I think I always got more resiliency. And I think that's shown kind of the last two weeks because the season was totally over. Like, I mean, and that was part of why I was so frustrated during the Minnesota game. It was over. It's like, ah, they'll win this game. It ultimately doesn't matter. But you can tell it matters to the kids on the field because of how hard they're playing last week. And even this week, they're playing their tails off. And I think that carries over, too because for as much fan disrespect as might exist between Iowa and Nebraska, I think Iowa has the appropriate respect inside the locker room, and frankly, I don't think that we have to evaluate Nebraska or Iowa as a program. Is, I think that is an evergreen motivational technique for Chris Doyle and this Hawkeye staff to get Iowa ready every single time.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're going to need Iowa to need to convince the Iowa players to show up. I think that they'll be lost and loaded and ready to go. I do think that these Nebraska players are going to probably be pretty fired up, too, though. So, I mean, these 50 or seniors that are there right now have never beaten Iowa.
0: Never beaten an Iowa, and they need to beat Iowa in order to go to a bowl.
2: Yeah, there's that aspect of it, so too. There's a
0: lot, a lot on the state, uh, a lot of stake for Nebraska. Um, I guess I do think right now the spread is 5.5 or 6. I think that's
2: low. I I guess it a high though.
1: I I mean, I I think it feels high. I think
0: it's – I don't know what it is. I do think (laughs) Harrison, you talked about a little bit earlier, it's going to be really tough for Nebraska to score points. Um, Outside of Adrian Martinez, they really don't have a running game to speak of, right? Aren't they on their third
1: string running back right now?
2: Uh, they might be. I think that their second string might be active. They, it's a game-time decision from what I understand.
1: I see Wandale. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
0: So, yeah, I mean, if they can just – and I know Spielman's a really good player. Um, but if they can bottle up Martinez. And, I mean, I, I don't think I was going to get burned by a single – you know, by just one wide receiver. Uh, It's just a matter of, you know, can Iowa support the defense – and maybe, you know, last game for players like Brady Ross and Stanley and um, a couple of the offensive linemen maybe. We'll see uh, what happens with them, but all the motivation will be there.
1: Is this the game that Iowa finally gets on the board defensively? It It feels like this is the type of game that Iowa can finally get a defensive touchdown.
2: Uh, I uh, I don't, I think that it, how has it not happened yet? Max Cooper
0: punt return touchdown.
2: <laughs> that's oh, not a defensive oh, touchdown. Just,
0: though. Just, uh, in fantasy, it is.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. You that's heard it weird, here from... <laughs> such a weird anomaly that like defense doesn't score a single touchdown.
0: It is weird. I mean, most. Uh, I mean, pick six would be by Stone or OJ Media or Hankins would probably be most logical. I'd like to see a scoop and score from AJ or him just rip the ball out of Martinez's hands and take it with him. Not out of the realm of possibility.
1: It isn't because, like, you kind of look back at some of the hits that uh, AJ Epinesa has put on opposing quarterbacks throughout his career, and he's like... It's a bad phrase, but like he's got a body count to him. Like he's knocked some guys out with real injuries, and it's not necessarily a good thing, but it's definitely a risk that, um, you know, you run with a guy like Martinez who relies so heavily on his feet. And by no means do I think that he's trying to hurt people. I probably should have led with that clarification, but
2: probably not.
1: uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I think. I have a sense that I was going to score a defensive touchdown here.
2: It would be nice. Take It'd some of the nice. off the offense.
1: It would. It would indeed. So, I guess that does it for this week, guys. You, you excited for uh, Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah, Thanksgiving's the only uh, holiday that my family really celebrates.
1: Nice.
0: Um, I'll be spending Thanksgiving alone. Uh, Sorry, yeah, not going home. Uh, I have a wedding here in Chicago the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So seems like
2: a weird time to have a wedding.
0: Yeah, actually I was in Chicago for Thanksgiving last year too. Cause I had a wedding the same day. Um, that's, that's I mean, Thanksgiving.
2: Last, oh no,
0: it's the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, last year I spent it with my cousins though. They are, in Birmingham for the, uh, there, where they're, where they're from this year though. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get myself, I don't know, cooking dinner for one this year.
1: Get one of those nice little hams that you can cook. Whoa, Uh, a Cornish ham is
0: Um, no, it's not, but I'm not going to do that.
1: A Cornish (laughs) ham or ham? Did you say hen or Ham. Well, I said ham first, but then I'm like, no, Cornish game hen.
0: No, I'll probably... I'm either just going to get a ribeye or a rack of lamb. Or or pick up a
2: tie. Ah. White Castle's always open, bro.
0: Uh, I don't have a car. I can't get there. (laughs) I'm not Grubhub post-mating it. Maybe I will. Oh, yeah,
1: that feels like a...
0: Well, maybe then I'll invite. The, maybe I'll invite the driver up, and we'll have a <laughs> castle for two. Yeah. Like,
2: Yo, I don't know if you eat this, but come up.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious!
2: You can put in the instructions for delivery. <laughs> Must be friendly. Upstairs. I need, I need company.
1: Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that does it for the pants party for uh, Max for Ben. For myself, Harrison, go Hawks, and happy Thanksgiving.
2: 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole is the equivalent of a full day of sunlight with your clothes on.